0: Hello, and welcome to a special supplemental episode of Civil Politics. Uh, I'm Michael Dow, and I'm joined uh, on this episode by our esteemed producer, uh, John Roberts. Hi. The guy in the chair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being Ned. <laughs> yeah,
0: me too. I, I, I would love to be someone that useful. So, um... You and I were talking about what we're going to do uh, on the show later today and whatnot, and uh, I thought there was an interesting little sort of discre- side topic that probably won't get covered tonight, but I thought it would be neat to talk about, which is uh, following the s- sad massacres in El Paso and then Dayton earlier this week uh, by two different aggrieved white dudes. Mm. Um and it's always white dudes. Yep. Like that, that new meme. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the things that's interesting is, uh, uh, many people pointed to the fact that, uh, the shooter in El Paso, the murderer there, uh, Printed up a manifesto basically and uh, quoted extensively from a number of of right wing sources, including the president. Right, and uh, he
1: posted the uh, it on, or he was a frequent poster on 8chan. Yep, uh, which is a hotbed of
0: and uh, of white supremacists, yeah. Nazi types. Yeah. To get together of, and talk about how they hate Jews and yeah, hate I mean. Muslims and anybody else. Uh, uh, there's a, There are a number of statements uh, that the uh, murderer from El Paso specifically made to explain what he was doing and why and what he hoped to accomplish. Yes. And uh, hopefully to inspire other people to follow in his example. Yeah. Um, yeah. And many people have drawn parallels between what he's saying and what the president's been saying and so forth. Uh, there has also been... Uh, Uh, A few people who are drawing, who are looking at things posted online, like to his Facebook page and whatnot, by the murderer from uh, Dayton. And some of the things that he posted or, or liked or followed, you know, some of the things he seemed to be interested in on the web were actually fairly left wing sites. Like there's a, a, a sort of a YouTube channel that uh, John and I both like called Some More News by a hosted by a guy named Cody Johnston. Um, and uh, he's, for example, done like a number of episodes sort of uh, explicating why. Donald Trump is really a fascist and how fascism works and, and why it's appropriate to apply that label to a number of pe- figures in American discourse, including the president. And um, so, John, you were telling me th- this I didn't know. Uh, John mentioned to me like uh, that the, the, the guy from uh, Dayton apparently had uh, was a follower of Some More News. And apparently uh, on a recent sort of supplemental podcast that they did,
1: yeah, they have, um, Some More News is uh, the YouTube show, and they also have a podcast called Even More News, right. where they talk, uh, where they, it's also a weekly show where they talk about stuff.
0: But that's an audio, uh, uh, Some More News is like a like a visual thing, like it's a fake news desk, and he's doing his thing, and they have graphics and whatnot, and then Even More News is just them sitting around talking, yeah. just as we are. So, uh, you told me that in the most recent episode of Even More News, the people who do... That show that the, the 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 murderer from Dayton liked, we're really upset about it and wondering what the heck is going on. And yeah. I I I think it's fascinating the phenomenon of people who clearly don't really get what the the, the message of of things they seem to like. um and Maybe, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't be surprised by this at all, but the, like the thing I Im- immediately thought of is uh, Stephen Miller, who's sort of the uh, uh, chief racist goblin in the Trump White House, who's uh, been the architect of like the Muslim ban and the zero tolerance policy and whatnot, who's who's, you know, repeatedly gone on TV to defend the president's racist policies. Uh, he grew up in a liberal family, I, b- I believe his heritage is Jewish in California and he was a star trek fan all the time as a, a you know big time star trek fan as a as a kid and as a teenager and somehow from all of that from being a fan of of gene roddenberry's vision of like a a hopeful future of diversity and tolerance and uh exploration and you know love of people being different and uh and uh, actually the there was a uh an acronym you might have seen on the web from time to time. I think it still gets used. I-D-I-C, IDIC, Infinite Diversity and Infinite Combinations. And it's, uh, you know, actually a a Vulcan philosophy that uh, got played up a lot uh, on Star Trek and, uh, you know, in the sort of the discussions about it and, you know, in the fan community. And that's totally the opposite of, like, we're having an invasion of brown people from Mexico and the South you know in Central America and so forth and oh my god we've got to keep them out and oh my god the Muslims are going to kill us and it's like this is utterly opposed to that so I don't know I guess I guess it's uh, no surprise that there, it's quite possible for people to um, see that to enjoy that kind of fiction or enjoy that kind of you know perspective and philosophy and still talk totally not get it yeah i mean i i wouldn't be surprised if you know Stephen miller or or the killers from uh uh from el paso from dayton you know from newtown connecticut and you know parkland florida and all the others you know if they all grew up on mr rogers you know and it's yeah. like like mr rogers loves you just the way you are but he really would not be he he would be very sad about you murdering all those people, and he wouldn't want you to do it and if you'd been listening to Mr. Rogers, you'd know that, and you wouldn't do it <laughs> it, it really it's really
1: disheartening when you enjoy something and it bring in it it has a specific message of inc- inclusiveness or something like that and uh but it's also just really good media uh and someone that's horrible enjoys it as well, like and it's just. There, you're missing the point, you know. Um, the some more news thing. Uh, the the videos that the guy shared were were about voting mm. and about uh uh it, it, like not even like about guns or anything like that. Just mm. you should vote and uh, you should vote these horrible people out. That that's pretty much it. Uh, nothing violent or anything like that. But then and uh when they were talking about that on the on their podcast they were really uh and i'll i'll put a link to their podcast uh and the show in in the notes for this for this episode but uh they were they had this existential crisis i you could hear it on the show uh when they were recording their uh apparently Cody Johnston who uh is the face of even of some more names. the on camera presenter yeah, yep he actually just like had to take a walk and just think, you yeah. know, and it, it really you could tell by his voice. It really, really like messed with him and it hurt him um, just knowing that someone that horrible could enjoy some something that he made or shared that something that he made. And there was one thing that he said that really stuck with me. It's like, why don't why don't you hear about this? This sort of reaction from uh, right wing people content producers like Ben Shapiro or or Tucker Carlson or something Rush like Limbaugh, Rush Limbaugh Sean Hannity L- yeah and, Bill O'Reilly Laura Ingram blah, blah, yeah blah, 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 like blah, blah, why blah. don't you ever hear about Laura Ingram like the the the, the shooter re like w- really liked your show so what it, that doesn't that 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 doesn't evoke a a crisis of like what why? Why did they? Do, you know, like they didn't. It doesn't really seem like that happens. Uh, they certainly or they, they don't, don't really, share it. They don't share it. Yeah. Maybe it does happen. I hope it happens because that's a human thing to do. If someone, if someone really liked civil politics, and then went off and and hurt people, I would be horrified, and I and I would think hard about if I had anything to do with it, even though though no, I didn't.
0: Yeah, You know, like like the person who did who committed all these murders clearly agrees with me about some things. What does that say about me and what I think? Do I do I really need to change my ways?
1: Yeah, exactly. And is it is it that they agree or did they just find um, us entertaining? You know, like the the guy could have liked some more news because he was silly and that's it. But yeah. he seemed to. So it's yeah it's really it's really tough <laughs> uh there was a um speaking of star trek mm-hmm. same thing uh a, a little like a few weeks ago there was a, a woman a cosplayer at, at sd at san diego, san diego comic con mm-hmm. uh, she made this um star trek uniform and incorporated a hijab into it
0: Sure. I remember seeing that picture. Yeah. It looked and great. Yeah, it was really cool. She also had like the like the early season, you know, the TV show next-gen visor like Jordy LaForge wore. Exactly. Which I thought looked pretty pretty balling. She did a really great say.
1: job. And people were like, oh, that's great. And the Star Trek, the actual Star Trek official Twitter retweeted her. Yeah. And she was getting a lot of hate from it uh-huh. because a lot of people were saying... Gene Roddenberry hated religion and and there's no religion in Star Trek and the and human beings were supposed to evolve past religion especially a violent religion you know like because yeah. she's muslim and i i was in the comments like no there you're a Star Trek fan there were people that were religious in Star Trek i can tell you multiple instances i can find episodes sure. because i am a true Star Trek fan <laughs> well I
0: will gatekeep on this <laughs> and even if they even if those people are trying to harken back specifically to the original series i think it's worth remembering that 50 years ago the the discourse about religion and humanism and atheism in american public discourse like the kind of you know, environment, the milieu that uh, Gene Roddenberry's stewing in when he's creating Star mm-hmm. Trek is very different from what we have now. Yeah. I and mean, for one thing, there's much less visibility of religions that aren't Christianity. I mean, like, like, you know, if you want to be inclusive, it's like, well, we have Catholics, Protestants and Jews. It's like, yeah, that's, uh, you know. And Jews? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yep, we've got chocolate, white chocolate, dark chocolate and caramel.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you cool. have Marshmallow fluff. What? Yeah. <laughs> that's Let's not get out of here. That's not a real thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and so it's the 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 values of like we believe in kind of like a rationalist uh, getting away from superstition uh, sort of worldview is a was a very different thing. It played differently, mm-hmm. in part because there wasn't a powerful. Uh, religiously motivated and, uh, dangerously, uh, uh, well, honestly, I think kind of fascistic, uh, political movement in the United States, you know, that was cloaking itself in a kind of orthodox, hardcore Christianity. Yeah. Like, you know, the rise of the evangelicals. Yeah. It's, I mean, it continues (sighs) to amaze me that there are evangelical Christians who are not right wing, quote unquote conservatives. Yeah. It's, like, it, what?
1: Yeah, that that whole thing really it it hit me on two fronts like the Star Trek thing really hit me on two fronts because I am I am a huge Star Trek fan. I've watched it constantly. There are instances of religion and people accepting religion and I mean I could just go off on so many different examples and it's and it's surprising and frustrating when People, if you say you love a, a, a show or a piece of media or something so much and you're completely ignoring a part of that, like, you know, the, the, a a part of its actual stated lore because of your, because of your personal opinions on it. Mm -hmm. Like, why, how, you know, it, it, it's. It confuses me, you know, my little brain is, is chugging along and it's trying it's trying to make sense of it all and it's not happening.
0: Well, I guess part of it is the uh, wonderful ability or inability of humans to see things they don't want to see or to edit out stuff that doesn't sort of fit into our worldview. Like an example that springs to mind that kind of connect is uh, uh, the Hunger Games uh, books by Suzanne Collins mm-hmm. and the uh, movies they made adapting them. And, uh, uh, there's a character in the first Hunger Games book who's another one of the people thrown into the, into the death, you know, group death match that is the Hunger Games. Uh, a young girl named Rue, who our protagonist, you know, like instantly basically identifies with as a sister, you know, like sees like, this is basically my kid's sister just from somewhere else. And I'm going to do everything I can to save her. And then she dies and it's utterly gut wrenching. And, uh... Uh I actually av- avoided seeing the movie for a while cuz I'm like I don't want to break down in public like sobbing over the death of a child mm-hmm. like I think I might so that's why I saw it at home. Mm-hmm. Um but uh the, the 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 character was they you know the the, the, the author, Susan Collins didn't, didn't make a whole big thing and you know extensive description but it was clear that Rue uh, was uh you know, had dark skin, was, you yeah. know, curly hair, was was black. Mm-hmm. And people were really upset that they cast Amanda Stenberg, a African-American actress, to play this character. Yep. And they were like, oh my God, that's wrong. And I'm like, I, like, yeah. I mean, it's like, you didn't think about it. Fine. You didn't like yeah. notice it uh, in the description. Like, I can see missing that, but regardless, I mean, like, come to think of it, I don't think I realized it when I first read it, you know, but- when i saw that they cast Amanda Stenbler, you know i was like oh okay oh she is black oh i missed that okay mm-hmm.
1: and that's actually hewing to to the material they didn't have to do that right they they could have just said like oh we're going to use this actress or something but they really wanted to make want to be close to the lore of the
0: story right and and the author intended that dynamic that that sort of subtle dimension mm-hmm. i mean like it's not the foreground of her thing but it's it's part of the, the setting of the story because it's you know future post-apocalyptic america kind of thing and yeah I, th- I think it's amazing but a lot of people you know were like cancel my subscription to the hunger games because i you know i can't identify with you know like i i'm 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 ready to cry over the death of a white girl but not a black girl yeah it's like wow are you missing the point of the hunger games (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like the people who feel that way are the people in the capital in this in this setting they're the ones staging the hunger games they're bad (laughs) right (laughs) they're evil so So, i think what we're trying
1: to say is one enjoy what you want to enjoy you know like if you don't like star wars or if you don't like marvel then that's fine if you do enjoy those those pieces of media then art always has a i think that art always has like some sort of political uh part of it because it's an opinion yeah and even if you it's have not to, int-
0: intended to convey a specific message yeah. it nevertheless has politics bound up in it
1: if you yeah. like a a piece of media then you probably should
0: know what it's trying to say, you know? yeah, yeah I, I I also like everybody can can get their own thing out of the art that they like. Um, i I remember there's a movie like thirty years ago or so called "Glory." With Matthew Broderick and Morgan Freeman and Andre Brower and uh, mm-hmm. Denzel Washington and Carrie Ellis, um, so pretty good movie about the 54th Regiment from Massachusetts. It was basically a black regiment with white officers from Massachusetts, okay. and uh, uh, it sort of follows them through like their 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 this big battle where a lot of them are killed trying to take a fort in South Carolina, and um, I found it riveting, and uh, a lot of people took it to task because it basically, the main character is Matthew Broderick as the white colonel in charge, Robert Mm -hmm. Gould Shaw. Um, And that's totally fair. That's a totally legit criticism or whatever. I was riveted because I'm like, you know, if I'd been alive in the 1860s, I could totally have been one of Shaw's officers. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I I didn't know the governor. I wouldn't have been in charge, but you know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, huh, would I be willing to like say, oh, uh, suicide mission, huh? Well, yes, we'll take this suicide mission because, you know, like we're committed to the cause of ending slavery. And a lot of people, you know, don't think, you know, black people can fight. It's like, yeah, yeah, they can. And we're going to prove it. Um, And, you know, he he basically behaves suicidally because he doesn't want to let the side down. And I'm like, would I be willing to like after I've been shot to get up and be shot again? You know, rather than slink off and hope I could survive, you know, as he does in the movie. And. You know, which means I totally missed what happened to a lot of other people on the screen in that big climactic battle. Because I was, like, so gobsmacked by that. Like, so we all bring our own thing, but it, it it's, like, it's easy to miss. Um,
1: uh, the wider point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm not immune to that.
1: <laughs> None of us are, but it's good to try. Yeah. It's good to try to see the whole work, and especially if it's, if it's a work that that places such an emphasis on on its lore and on its history and on it on and on specific pieces of information to accept those pieces of information as fact yeah
0: it happened so you have to deal with that fact in your life fair enough yeah so we should probably wrap up this episode because I, I think we've covered the topic well enough for now yeah and we can revisit it in other supplemental episodes, I'm sure, or maybe even on the regular show, which is, of course, uh, Fridays at 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern on ValleyFreeRadio.org, uh, if you're streaming, or 103.3 FM, if you're in the Northampton, Massachusetts area. Uh, yeah, and
1: visit our website, CivilPoliticsRadio.com, uh, and you'll be able to hear other supplementals and other, uh, in our whole show.
0: And throw a few bucks in the tip jar.
1: Hey, why not? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, that'll do for this uh, episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, live long and prosper. I forget the other part. Peace and long life. Peace and long life. Subtrek <laughs> <laughs> <Some> fan. <laughs> this show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro